Welcome to Surf Stories, the podcast brought to you by the Florida Surf Film Festival and Surfing's Evolution and Preservation Foundation. I'm your host, John Brooks, and with me as always is co-host Kevin Miller. Kevin, how are you now? I'm good. Thanks for asking. Nice, nice. Yeah, we, uh, we're on a little run of local legends here. Uh, our last episode with uh, Kim and David uh, was fantastic, and now we've got the next generation of local legend in Mike Dunphy. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing him make the CT this year and, uh, you know, get some of those beautiful world-class waves to himself and take down some giants. Absolutely. Uh, nobody's putting in more work than Mike is right now. Just every time there's a hint of a wave, he's at the inlet. Um, he's traveling. He's getting around the world. He's uh, producing results, and uh, he's got a great uh, support network, good contract with Quicksilver, and uh, yeah, we're just stoked that he's out there putting in the hard yards and uh wish him nothing but the best hope he makes the ct it'd be so epic to have a local guy on the ct yeah. and um he comes across some really interesting situations uh traveling around the world and we're gonna hear about a few of them today so enjoy our talk with uh, local guy mike dunphy nice doing this in person compared to doing it online yeah, yeah have you done a lot of podcasts i've done two of them one of them was like a zoom one and then one of them was in person yeah. okay yeah so and in person's way better i agree it's way easier yeah the zoom yeah. can be difficult yeah anticipating when someone's gonna talk yeah things like that yeah yeah the thing was kind of tripping out so yeah if you don't have really good wi-fi it kind of yeah. your voice gets that like digitized sound mm -hmm. so yeah, this is good. Yeah, it's always we always prefer to do it in person if we can. So we're we're real pros at this. We've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> this yeah. setup is legit. I'm impressed. <laughs> I mean, look how colorful that board is. It's yeah, like, also my computer screen. It's got like flashy lights and everything yeah. on it. It also looks like a four year old's toy. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I'm yeah. not gonna lie. It could yeah. sub for that, but it looks like it's legit. So. Yeah, it, it even has random wires. I don't know where they go. <laughs> yeah. Well, we. I mean, we have to give some credit to uh, to Chaz. And uh, David Lee Scales that do Surf Splendor. Oh yeah, um, those guys are super pros. And yeah, yeah. They uh, we actually this our podcast is now part of the Surf Splendor network. Oh no way! Yep, sweet. So David is turning. He's basically taking Surf Splendor away from being just a podcast, and he's creating this Surf Splendor network. And okay. so it's Surf Splendor, the Grit, with him and Chaz, uh, the Spit, which is him and Scott Bass. And then hardcore surf history, hard, hardcore surf history with Tyler Brewer up oh, in New cool. York. Yeah. And then ours is the fifth one. Oh, sweet. So, yeah, we've uh, it's been nice because it's gosh, it's probably doubled our audience in the first month. Yeah. I mean, you uh, guys are probably growing fast, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're I think last month we had five thousand yeah. downloads about 5,000 unique downloads which that's compared big. to where we started we were like 150 yeah, yeah we're like high five. Yeah, yeah. we made it <laughs> buy the other house you know? <laughs> yeah, super Fuel lucrative i don't yacht. know if you know this but yeah this this is gas super up the pj yeah. and head to indo yeah yeah exactly exactly have you done any good road trips lately what's up with your schedule um i was i haven't done any road trips i was over in um where fuck, I've been in a lot of places. Can I cuss on this? Or yeah, absolutely. PG? Fuck yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll slip up. If I don't, you never know. Um, I was over in Hawaii for a couple weeks, and then I've been back here in Florida for about three weeks now. But this year, I was I was kind of all over the place. I was in Europe. I was in South Africa. It was a fun trip. And then Australia. 
and yeah, been bouncing. Well, now, uh, when you travel, are you are you only traveling for contests, and then maybe working other stuff in on the side, or you you take trips where you don't compete and you just go for a trip? It depends. This past year kind of turned into like event to event travel more. It's nice to be able to do a little bit of the surf trip stuff and you know the contest but the uh this year I was cuz the the way the WSL kind of broke stuff down this year you had to surf regionally and then qualify for the next tier and so I I had to surf through the region in the beginning of the year and then like the next what they call the challenger series yep I ended up surfing in that and that was like a 6 month thing so it kind of just piggybacked off the next one and I didn't really get to fit in too many like surf trips like I would have liked to. Gotcha. Yeah. So my my travel has been heavy, but like maybe my good wave count has been a bit lower because going to all the events, you know, they're not necessarily like wave quality focused. Yeah. So yeah. They they got to be able to put it on the schedule ten months in advance. Yeah, it's ten months in advance, and you're also there with a hundred guys and sixty girls who all surf really good. So yeah. you're fighting them for waves, and you're kind of trying to focus for your heat so you're not i don't know it's just not like a you're not going and scoring go waves when you hit the road for those things it's a little more of the job yeah less of the fun a little uh, bit yeah. yeah yeah so the regional um i just want to back up a second for for listeners that aren't maybe as well versed in like the the road to becoming a mm-hmm. uh a world tour surfer on like the the highest level of the wsl yep so that regional series that they now have is it truly regional is it like Southeast United States or continental United States? No, they call it regional, but it's North American region. Oh, okay. So that goes from everyone, you know, Mexico, Canada, Costa Rica, all Central America. Caribbean. Caribbean, yep, Barbados, uh, Dominican, all those spots. So, yeah, it, it's the North American region. So we have to get through that to get to the next tier. And so you surf through that, you make it, you get into the Challenger Series. Mm-hmm. Then... Um, the Challenger Series is the step below WSL? Yep, that is where, like, you know how they do the WSL uh, mid-year cut? Yeah. The 10 guys that fall off, they'll fall onto the Challenger to meet all of us who qualify through the region. Okay. And so then there's 80 of us who slog it out on that. Okay. Yep. So once you make that Challenger Series, can you fall back to the region? Or do you are you kind of guaranteed a spot on the Challenger Series once you make it? Nope, you got to go, if you don't make the tour, the, the uh, championship tour, you have to go back to the region Ugh. and fight for your spot back to the challenger. So it's a bit of a, um, you know, it's a bit of a, I don't want to say grind or slog, but you got to, it's a dog fight. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. To, to, you know, the travel is real too. Like we were going, we were in Brazil, you know, the waves are not the best and we went all the way to South Africa, the waves were tough too so yeah it uh it could beat you up if you let it i was i can imagine <laughs> physically and mentally definitely yeah mm-hmm. and uh, so let's go back a little bit uh, yeah how, you're from where where'd you grow up i grew up in virginia beach that's what we're I claiming him as a new smyrna guy <laughs> though he's been i he's been in new smyrna as long as i can remember i've been in new smyrna i started coming down like 12 13 14 to surf the nssa and i kind of slid in the back door and stayed at the micklebrink's house with liam and rolled with like Caleb and Jeremy and Eric Templeton and all them. So yeah. I, I, uh, I've been coming to new Smyrna forever. And then it was kind of just like a, um, organic move, like coming more and more. And eventually I was able to be down here more full time. Good deal. How old are you? 
I'm 32. 32. So yeah. you've been doing the W, uh, well, what, I mean, I would say you're competing to be on the CT. Yeah. And how long have you been at that now? I, I started doing that pretty full on in 2014. So gotcha. it's been like eight years of, of going for it. And I haven't ever made it. But, right. uh, you know, I've had like ups and downs. I've been close. I've gotten into, I got into one CT event as a wild card, but I never, I haven't been full time on tour. Right, right. Which, yeah. uh, which event was the wild card? That was uh, Kelly's Waypool. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. That's oh, cool. sick. So that was a fun experience. Just like surfing in that pool with Kelly and all those guys. It was pretty fun. Yeah. We still haven't got the invite. Yeah, <laughs> it's, pretty, it's, it's pretty expensive. It's around yeah. the corner, yeah. I think. I feel like it's around the corner. Yeah, we, well, we played golf with Kelly the other day a, couple, a few times now over the last year or so. Yeah, you just got to keep nudging him. To yeah, we've got to be in there, sure, for sure. Yeah, 15 <laughs> or 20 free rounds of golf might get me one yes, wave. Yes, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. The cost is probably equivalent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not a cheap one. Yeah. Well, neither is, t- is traveling the world to compete on the CT, and so mm-hmm. eventually... Uh, you know, everybody who's made the effort and uh, which I can't describe how much respect I have for that, uh, between you and Evan and the the boys that I know that have gone after it. Yeah. It's like, can I just say good on you for trying? Because (laughs) that is, I mean, obviously you belong there. I feel like you get you and Evan should, uh, eventually earn your ticket on, on the Mm. dream tour, but geez, it's, it's gotta be one of the most grueling things. I know we all say grueling. But professional surfing is also a fun thing to do for a living, too. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, like, you know, we're all just surf junkies. You know, we all just love to surf. And it it kind of has, like, I don't want to take it as, like, a negative thing that I'm going and traveling the world and, like, grueling in these events. Like, but, it, you know, if you got to have a positive mindset on it all. But at the end of the day, we're, we're going and surfing, like, all over the world. And if, you know, if we can do that and get away with traveling and surfing, then... You got to be stoked on it. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of, we were talking about Jamie Brizick before you you came. We we all went on the air, and you know those boys were traveling the world for you know when there was no qualifying series and yeah. there was no yeah. issue. It was just if you can make the tour, good luck. Come on out. You know, yeah. took a budget from a sponsor, and mm-hmm. it also took uh, the ability to grind out a lot of dates around the world. But they all loved it. And, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I got to say there were definitely some downs in well, that go along with the ups. There's, mm-hmm. It's not all glory. But, I mean. Yeah. Got- and I think that's, you know, that's why you do it. Because the downs are low. But when you do breakthrough and you win events or you do well, like the the high side of that feels so good. Because you've experienced the lows, you know. So, without those, you it wouldn't feel as good to do well. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got some great results, especially in the last couple of years. Mm. I mean, probably before that, too. And we've been following <laughs> your career. John, you did the same thing out in California for a little bit. Uh, you didn't I, go around the world, but you did. I uh, did. I, I traveled a little bit. Um, I did some events in Europe. Um, oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, but mo- mostly I stuck to, like, the domestic tour. And Yeah. Uh, back then, they, it was, you know, the Bud Tour. The Bud, Bud Tour was Panasonic strong, right? Tour, Claire. It, was, it was a different brand or sponsor every year. But, yeah, but they, yeah they used to have a legit regional tour that you could live in California and never leave the state and make a living as a pro surfer. And there's a lot of guys that did that. Um, yeah, it sounded like it was like, so I remember Dino and Dino was telling me about it. He was like bud tour champ or something like he would just stay home and it would pay the bills. And yeah, it was like Dino and Greg Browning and, uh, Zach Keenan. And like there was, you know, there was a whole crew of those guys. There were, I think there was nine events throughout the year from Santa Cruz to San Diego. 
That's fun. And yeah, I mean, it was good. And, and that being kind of the hub of the industry, you know, you could not only have contest winnings, but then you could have a sponsor, like give you a, a real paycheck and earn a living. Yeah. And that was like, that was in the nineties when there's, there's so much money and surfing. I, I Every, like few, everybody could get a paycheck. <laughs> I feel like a few of those contests made it on ESPN. Oh yeah. Uh, did, yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. the lack, not, uh, not lacking out. I was thinking of, uh, there was one at lowers. That I oh, for was sure remember. Body glove, pro. yeah, body glove shootout. Kelly then, won that like it was his first big pro win. I think he yeah. might have won like thirty grand or something back then. Yeah. I remember seeing some big prize for it for him. Yeah, it, it was it was a legit thing, but um, but yeah, I went and gave it a shot and yeah, and uh, gave it my best and had a lot of fun. Didn't have a lot of success, but had a lot of fun. Yeah, that's what it's all about. And yeah, it's, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, it was fantastic. So yeah, the contests are fun. I mean, it, it's a, it's a, it's definitely like you got to commit pretty hard if you're going to go and do it and travel and, you know, be in tip top shape and all that stuff. But I don't define that as like me as a surfer, you know, I still love to just travel and go get good waves. And like, um, you know, I just love, love to surf. And if that can, if that can afford me to keep surfing more then that's, that's what I'll do. Really, Absolutely. You know, maybe that's what I did wrong. I never committed. I wasn't in good shape. <laughs> I didn't train or, well, it's a different era now too. You, you show up to the hey. beach, guys have their medicine balls, their coaches, yeah. their yeah. kale smoothies. Like if you show up out of shape these days, you're going to get blown past pretty fast. Yeah. So I was going to say, John, you committed, you just committed <laughs> to different things. I committed to a little more fun side of surfing. Yeah. That was like surfing in the nineties though, right? Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, nobody kinda, was doing that stuff. Yeah. I think Kelly was doing it like behind the scenes, but he didn't tell anybody. Yeah. You know? And then he just snuck six world titles out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's pretty good at it. Yeah. But, um, but it's good. And, um, I do. I like Kevin said. I have a lot of respect for the um, the more business like approach that you guys take to it nowadays. Mm. I was just winging it. I I literally didn't go beyond. I like to surf. I'm eking out a living surfing. I'm gonna do it as long as I can. I never yeah. put any preparation or forethought into anything. But you guys are taking a much more business like approach, which is smart. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for that. Yeah. You, I mean, you, you see it these days, like the, even the young kids, like they have their, they have their coaches at the beach. They have their like little warm up routines. Like it's a, there's, I don't know if there's more money in it now than back then, but it's more, it's taken way more serious as a sport. And so yeah. you can't really get away with, without putting in a hundred percent effort these days. Like, yeah, maybe, I don't know. It just seems like the level is so high nowadays that yeah, Any I, little I feel like the surf industry through, if you look at the history of the surf industry, as young as it is, it kind of contracts and expands with money through different yeah. decades. The nineties was definitely a fat decade where, mm -hmm. you know, surfwear was so popular, was being worn by kids all over the Midwest yeah. and, you know, Billabong and quick. And those guys were just dripping in money and mm -hmm. everybody, including a kid from Florida could just go out and throw his hat in the ring and get a paycheck. And now I feel like that's it. It we're, peaked we're in a, with Mick Fanning's flip flop. Yeah. With yeah. the bottle opener flip flop. Yeah. Yeah. He, he definitely was pretty happy with that deal. Right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I had friends. I had I, all my relatives are from South Dakota for the most part. So they show up every once in a while and they're like, have you seen this flip flop? It opens <laughs> beer bottles. Wow. So he was <laughs> in the South, South Dakota, Dakota market. Oh yeah. oh yeah. That's where the money's at. Well, that's what yeah. I'm saying. And in, in the nineties, <laughs> surfwear was in the entire, it was in every market. And yeah. now I feel like it's contracted a little and it's definitely more focused. Um, but 
there's less of an opportunity for somebody that doesn't take it as seriously, you know. Yeah. And to your point, like I remember in middle school and, you know, as a young kid, it was cool to wear that Billabong shirt or that Quicksilver shirt. Yeah. And, and everyone, every, all your friends were like, you know, wearing that stuff. And nowadays you don't see those brands maybe as much like Mm-mm. to be sought after like they were back then. So I think there's a wrinkle down effect that we've probably seen in the industry from that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. I feel like we're kind of going back through the cycle though, because when we, like when I was young, Quicksilver and Billabong were difficult to get. Yeah. You couldn't find, you could get, only get them at surf shops. And then through into like, I, you know, graduated high school in 90 and then you, and it started to become more prevalent. And then through the, through the nineties, when I was in college and then living out in California and surfing, you could, it was everywhere. Yeah. And now I feel like we've gone f- full circle mm-hmm. and now there's these like kind of little core startup brands again, like, um, Rourke and Visla. Yep. And it's like cooler stuff that you can't get everywhere and yep. it's starting, but, but it's growing pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, there's also multi discipline brands supreme and i don't know whatever other brands yeah. that my my kids every once in a while clue me into and uh, but they're also kind of brandless like the way my both of my kids they don't care what they're wearing yeah, yeah. They're, they're like I, as long as it's functional yeah they're not I, I don't really care about you know they have no preference in other words when it really comes to whereas i was driven by identification um, yeah, I wanted uh, my whole generation was right. It, you had to, your shirt had to have the right logo on it or yeah, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you're <laughs> you a know? kook. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's tough. Yeah. I don't know. The industry's definitely been in like a little bit of a funky situation. It feels like. Yeah. And, and it's tough. Like being a kid, being a young kid coming up and trying to be a pro surfer now, I would imagine the roadmap to that with like support is pretty hard. You, you know, like, and that was kind of my point is that like when I was doing it, it seemed like if you put a couple of contest results together, you could get some support. If you like went and, and shook the right hands and knew the yeah. people, you could get some support. Whereas now I feel like that's much more difficult to come by. Nowadays, like, like this kid, I won't say who it is, but his parents asked me the other day, Hey, he's going to start trying to like make a push towards it. Like what, what do you see? Like, what should we do? Like, where's the funding going to come? And I was like, to be honest, I don't really know, like, like the brands aren't going to pay, really. Yeah. And, like, the prize money's been sliced down, and it's just tough. Like, to go, you, really, the money nowadays is to go non-endemic and find something outside of the industry, like a, you know, a bank or a... Yeah. It, it's tough, so I didn't really have much answers for him. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you look at him and go, the support's going to come from you, mom Yeah, and dad. <laughs> hopefully you got some deep pockets and you're willing to support him because yeah. unless you're like, you know, that golden child or that kid that's like destined to make the top five and be on tour, like there's a few of those still, but if you're not that, it, it's tough. Like, yeah. It's so. And, and how was that for you coming up? Because you kind of came through you were real young during the 90s and early 2000s when the surf industry was booming and like i said just dripping with money yeah and now you're now you're going through in in that difference like what's that roadmap been like for you as far as garnering support over the years i mean i've been super fortunate luckily i've been sponsored i was with hurley for 14 years and then i've been with quicksilver now for like eight years so wow I feel fortunate just to been able to keep a sticker on my nose, you know, through all the turmoil. Like I was 18 when the, uh, 
in 2008 when all that crash was going on and the brands were struggling there. So that was when I was like trying to make my push. And like, yeah. luckily I was able to stay with Hurley through all that. And then, um, yeah, Quicksilver has been great through the last eight years with them. But, um, you know, it's definitely dicey times to be able to like get other brands to support you for sure. So yeah, just to keep a, a logo on your nose has been like, it's, a. Uh, I'm just stoked that I've been able to do that the whole time. Nice. Yeah, congrats Joel. on that, by the way. <laughs> Have you watched How Surfers Get Paid or any of the, is it Stab that was pushing Yeah, Stab that? was doing, I haven't seen any of them yet, but yeah. yeah. I feel behind the eight ball on that because that's my wheelhouse. I'm, a, I'm an accountant, so I. Yeah. <laughs> that has I to be mentioned at every <laughs> podcast, by the way. I feel like uh, it's a gray area how yeah. you guys get through, pay the bills and uh, make ends meet. I mean, you have a lot of, you know, last minute, uh, plane tickets to buy you have board fees you got all this stuff do your brands help you with that does that get reimbursed or is that part of your just package here's x amount of dollars i mean it's different for everybody however you structure your deal you know you could have a deal where you have a travel fund for x amount and then a salary for x amount and gotcha. incentives for that amount so it just depends surfer by surfer like fair enough how you how you want to do it but um I mean, the expenses are high. Of course, you know, plane tickets nowadays and yeah. travel in the world isn't isn't cheap right now. So, um, no kidding. Yeah, it's just if you can if you can get a deal in in play. Like I've always tried to structure it where if I do well, I'll, I'll hit some good incentives and like get paid back that way. And it's easier to get a deal signed if you're if maybe your salary's lower, but you're like, hey, if I hit this incentive, this incentive, then you're gonna have to pay that, and and it'll. Also, it's justifiable. Like if they're going to, if you're going to hit that, they have to pay you and you're like doing your job well because they're, you're hitting, you're maxing out on your incentives, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's so smart. That's kind of been how I've tried to do it. And if, if you don't have a huge um, target on your back with a huge salary, that doesn't show up when the CEO is going through the, there you go. The uh, yeah. spreadsheet. Yeah. And he sees Dunphy down there for a little bit lower than a few guys. He might not see that incentive that I'm going to hit and go above them maybe, but. Yeah. Those are just a few little tricks. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure it. the accountant uh, over at Hurley in 2008 mm. probably just went, probably got a spreadsheet that just showed riders listed yeah. in order by yeah. their salary and just started going at the top. Maybe they they leave the top five. Yeah. But then they just in the middle is is the guys I felt like that got cut. The, yeah. The, the guys that were down on the low end. I mean, guys that aren't getting paid aren't gonna get probably. I mean, they're not yeah. even seeing them. Yeah. And then, too, we had the whole COVID thing. Like, when yeah. COVID hit. Jeez, yeah. And all of our contracts were, um, I didn't even know what this clause was, but it was a force majeure yep. clause. So, it's basically an act of God or, like, a war or apparently pandemic. a pandemic falls under that clause. Yep. So, they were able to come in and and basically do whatever they wanted with our contracts. I heard a lot of them just got cut in half. That was right off the bat. pretty just universal for the industry that, yeah. Wow. So, yeah, it was. It's been like a dicey, yeah, run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. now I know that in this day and age, which again, back when I was doing it, it didn't even exist. But in this day and age, social media is huge. Mm. Is that part of your contract with Quick? Do you yep. have numbers that you have to hit and post that you know have to do so many posts and all that? Yeah, you have to definitely do X amount of posts a month and like do the tags of the brands and. Um, you know, you can, you can play off the views that you get for your videos on the Instagram and all that, you know, cause it'll okay. tell you like the view count. So if you right. get a certain amount of views, you can, 
you know, hit incentives that way. So the social media stuff's huge. That's a whole nother monster yeah. that has come into play the last, I don't know, five years or so. Like, yeah. Because you have you have some people that maybe they don't do contests and they're not necessarily like the best pro surfer, but they're experts at social media and they'll put a sticker on their board and they'll they'll do little dances on the beach or they'll or you know, like they'll look good in trunks or look good holding a board and they'll post that and they're gonna get way more views than I'll get. Which is crazy. Like because the, they're in middle America's eyes, that's a pro surfer because they're yeah. holding their surfboard and they got the logos and and they're, you know, they're getting the clicks, but yeah. maybe they're not like in our core industry. They're not like a expert pro surfer, but right. so it's hard for the brands to say, well, you know, what's worth more someone who, who rips, but doesn't get all that clickbait. Yeah. You know, yeah. So I think, I think that's been a tough one too. Yeah. Do you manage your own page? I do. Yeah. 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 There's guys that hired out though, right? Yeah. I know a couple of my friends like that are, like top five top ten they have like their family run it sometimes they don't even want to mess with it gotcha um but yeah i think it's i mean i can run mine so yeah yeah <laughs> well and you know uh ben gravy's a perfect example hmm. of that you know ben was an up-and-coming you know good competitive surfer um maybe wasn't going to crack the the wsl but was you know he's a very talented surfer mm-hmm. um and he's probably made far more money doing what he's doing through YouTube and social media than he ever would have made, you know, trying to compete and be a competitive surfer. Yeah. He, he's been able to crack that code and like find a niche for himself. And didn't he like surf in every state? Right. And he, he's been creative and, and that's like pretty cool nowadays. If you, you don't have to necessarily be like the best pro surfer to, to make it as long as you can play the social media game and get the clicks the right way. Then, yeah. You know, yeah. Back to the, the budget issue, I mean, and the guys getting swept off the charts that were higher paid guys. I feel like this industry's always been more of a grassroots thing um, when it comes to influential people. Mm-hmm. Like when I want to know wh- what to buy, I'm looking for guys in my community to like guys I look up to. Yeah. To like, oh, that's what he's riding. My buddy John Books is, you know, JT shaping his boards. Yeah. Let me try it. Let me try a JT shape or, you know. Things like that have always made a difference to me, and and part of the the festival that we do here is in that in that grain, but it also keeps the paychecks low for guys like Monster and Yeti, like for guys like us, you know. Yeah, yeah, we're not running you, the mm-hmm. Sundance good, Film Festival. We're not getting a million dollar check we're not moving from a sponsor. The ne- we're not moving the needle on production deals. But so yeah, but ho- the hope is is that may, we're moving the needle around here. Yeah, yeah, in definitely. some way, and so it's it's helpful to them, and it doesn't cost them a lot of money. I think and those so, are smart dollars. Yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, because yeah. you guys have such a grassroots, like, connective thing with the town and in Central Florida. So, like, those brands are going to come, and and maybe not spend a ton of dollars, but they're getting like real, like, engaged fans of, of yeah. everyone that comes up here and supports it. Yeah. I like that. I mean, there's a few guys out there that make me want to buy a shirt. Kelly was one of them in the 90s. I'll go buy Quicksilver because of Kelly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but beyond maybe Gabe and Kelly these days, or whoever it is, John, and uh, it's the guys in my community that guide my purchasing dollars, if you will. You yeah. know what I mean? So I, I, like, I like that our sport is still Michael Dunphy riding for quick, grassroots, you know, yeah. hopefully one day you're on the CT moving the needle nationwide. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's, uh, relatable to you cause I'm around town or, or for sure, or whatever. 
Like, well, yeah, respect, and yeah, we all look up. Like this town looks up to Michael and Evan and these guys. So. Yeah, yeah. So it, I think it still makes sense for the brands as long as you know you're doing your right. You're doing you're visible around town or when there's swells or whatnot. And yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think yeah, nobody surfs more than you. Yeah, I know, like, right? I've been <laughs> trying. Yeah. Like, there's no 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 brand that sponsors you ever has to worry about you not being visible. <laughs> <laughs> Try my best. No, yeah. it's that that part's great, and and I mean that's kind of um, the thing I always enjoyed about it too. Is that at the end of the day, I just got to go surf all the time, and that's what I wanted to do anyways. And yeah, so I mean, I just remember being a little kid and I, in Virginia Beach, and I'm like, this is so fun. How can I somehow trick the system to be able to just like do this? Yeah, you know, like how can I just not have to go work in an office and do this. That, yeah, that, was, that is yeah. the common denominator that, of every person. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. just the goal. Like, I absolutely love this. I don't want to do anything else, so I'm going to figure out how I could just do this and, you know, try to pull it off. Yeah. Do you have any siblings? <laughs> no, just me. Just you. Spoiled only child. Yeah. So I was screaming at my mom every afternoon to take me surfing. <laughs> I, I know your mom well. She's so she's a volunteer out here at Atlantic Center for the oh, Arts, yeah. and uh, she's phenomenal. She's classic. Yeah. That's yeah. actually, um, I would... I, you know what? That'd be interesting thing for for Stab to do is is figure out how many of the like six most successful pro surfers over the last like thirty years have been only children or or had siblings. Because mm. I feel like I'm I'm always so impressed by your competitive drive. Because mm. um, I see it down at the inlet. Um, like you clearly want this, mm-hmm. and you work harder than anybody else around here that I know of. And it's it's clearly visible, and that usually comes from some sibling rivalry, yeah. But obviously not in your case. I've heard um, Kelly talk about that. Like his older brother kind of pushed him to like because he wanted to be better than his older brother. Yeah, I have an older brother, same way. He was four mm-hmm. years older than me, so he was he was close enough in age that we were relatable. Yeah, but he was old. He you know he's old enough to be much better than me at bigger, most things. Stronger, bigger, better, stronger, yeah. faster, all that, and it really drove me. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm curious. What, what do you think that that's just innate in you? Like. Um, I think so. I think it just stems back to like I was saying, I just, I'm just such a surf junkie. I just love it so much. So I see it as my golden ticket to, to keep doing it if I work hard and I put my time in. And to me, it's not even like, it's, it's not really like working hard because I love it so much. You see me down there pushing myself and surfing every day, but it's like, that's what I just love to do. It it doesn't come like... I'm not waking up in the morning like, oh fuck, I gotta go surf. Like, <laughs> like maybe some people are that are pro surfers. They don't, they don't necessarily love to be in the water and surf as much as we do. Yeah, you know. So it, it's never, it's never been a thing like where I go to bed at night like, fuck, I worked so hard today, like because I surfed a bunch. It was just like, <laughs> I'm fucking stoked. Like yeah. I just got to surf all day. Yeah, and I'm gonna try to do it again tomorrow and the next day and until the wheels fall off. You know. Yeah. So it, I don't think it's been some. I don't. Like uh, someone really pushing me more than just just my love for it. Gotcha. Well, yeah. You got to get out from your backyard on occasion. Where, where's your quick quick uh, fix to get away? As far as barrels, where uh, something oh. serious, heavy water. Oh, to go surfing. Yeah. Um, I've been a big fan of Bocas del Toro the past like five years. That's been a good little getaway. Nice in, um, in the winter when you're kind of like between. Yeah. That. Yeah. I, 
I know um, I have a friend, Scott, who runs, runs Red Frog Bungalows. I think John's yeah, we, been down there. We, yeah, we've both been down there. Oh, you we, guys both we, been yeah, down there? Scott's on our pod, was on our podcast, too. Oh, wow, that would yeah. be a listen. It was a really good yeah. listen. Yeah. It was good, yeah. So we actually it we recorded it right there in the camp. Oh, no way. Yeah, it was yeah. epic. He's a... We were calling him a Scott Exotic. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. yeah, so he's a character. I've actually been going down to hang at his place since 2010. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, um, you got your next ticket? I don't have a flight yet, but okay. I've been talking to him. So hopefully nice, the next okay. month or two. But you know, it's it's rad down there. There's not a ton of people. Yeah. And if it gets heavy, like there's even less people. Yeah. So, um, yeah, punch or not punch, but um. Bluff, so bluff is a legit wave. Oh, bluff, yeah. bluff that, is that legit. Clear, that'll clear the crowd by itself. Yeah, it will. And Silverbacks as well is a pretty crazy wave. Yeah. So that's kind of been a little getaway, a little sneaky one. Good. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's nice, too, that they have the airport now. Yep. You don't have to do that bus ride. So oh, yeah. So you can just fly, and it's like, you know, for for us, it's, you know, you can be there in Same less day. than a day. Yeah. So, that yeah, that one's not far from Florida. That's a good one. I always love doing, like, an Outer Banks run. If that's going to get good, just... Growing up yeah. up there, you know, can't beat that. Yeah. And uh, Caribbean's always a good call. Yeah. DR? Yeah. You've been down the... Yeah, I went Caribbean. to DR uh, last winter. Nice. And that place has a lot of surf. It does, yeah, doesn't Kev, it? Kevin went big, last winter, too. I'm yeah. a believer. Yeah, oh I don't God. I don't even want to talk about it too much. No, me neither. It was... Uh, <laughs> Never mind. Let's move on. Yeah. That's a good spot. <laughs> okay. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So what, uh, what's your next, like, or actually before I go down that road, do you mm -hmm. use a coach? Um, I don't, I don't have like a specific coach who I'm reporting back to. Okay. Um, I've used a lot of people over the years. I've I worked with Jake Patterson for a little bit. Did the snake tails thing? Yep. yep. Um, he's a legend. He's just a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. And um, locally, I don't I don't really have anybody. But um, every once in a while, you know Asher Nolan, yep. of course, yeah. Asher yep. legend up in Jacksonville. He'll help me out. He's doing some coaching with some of the younger kids, so he's got a I good eye yeah. for surfing. And um, you know, I'm good friends with. Uh, Dino Andino, he's always helped me out a lot. He's got a super good eye. Like, he's obviously 
made Kolohe like a top five surfer in the world. Yeah. So whenever I'm in California, he's always giving me pointers. Nice. And um, yeah, I don't have something like super defined. Like no, like contract where you have a no. coach that works for you. And but you you are you see that a lot on this on the WSL nowadays. Yeah, you see it with basically every. You know, I'd say every top ten surfer has one. Yeah, and even on the Challenger, there's been, I'd say, more people are coached than not. Yeah, you know, I think it help. It definitely helps. I think it helps probably more pre-event, like doing a bunch of homework the weeks up, and like telling you which board works better, and like what to be working on doing and not doing. But as far as the day of coaching, I mean, that helps a lot too. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes it feels like it could be overcooked a little bit because yeah. I, I, think it, I mean, you're dealing with so many variables and it's tough to have that plan and like, I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've always wondered like having, I mean, I surfed competitively a little bit and that didn't even exist back then. Yeah. But I, I watched the WSL events and I always wonder like what in the world is that guy telling this person? Yeah as they're going down the stairs at Bell's, you know, for their heat, because surfing such a personal thing. Like, mm-hmm. even even when you free surf, you make the decision, am I going to paddle over here? Am I going to go over here? Am I going to go sit deep? Am I going to sit wide? Like, I think the word coach is, is the problem. Yeah. Because it's not really coach. If you look at pro professional golfers, they have caddies. Mm-hmm. And, and and the word caddy shouldn't be confused with a board caddy. It should it should be in 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 this respect. And I'm not even talking about on contest day. I'm talking about all the rounds leading up to contest day. Yeah, where you have somebody managing your expectations, boards, which boards you're going to take, and all this. Yeah, uh, um, this looks better than that. It's all about like the sort of caddy approach. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I feel like the word coach is a bad word for it. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, it it feels a little overcooked, right? Yeah. Like if you're coaching someone, but I mean, you just have to trust your instincts, really. When you get in the ocean and the heat, and you're trying to read where the good waves are going to come, because that's you know that's the biggest factor. So, yeah. But but it's just another set of eyes too. That's what I'm thinking. And yeah, like yeah. you get you hire guys for the right place. Like I know Italo had Shane Dorian at Pipe, so yeah. he's given him some some little marks on the reef and like. You know what he's seeing that yeah, day of. Yeah, I feel like maybe that's kind of the progression of that position, so to speak. I mean, there's gonna be guys that travel everywhere with their like guy, their yeah. their pro surfer. But I do see more guys getting like more regional and specialized help, mm-hmm. where they're like, I'm going to this break, I'm going to Chopes yeah. for the event, and I'm gonna talk to Raimana or yeah. you know so one of those guys that knows this place like the back of his hand and. Did you ever see the documentary Rounders? John and I play a lot of golf. It's, okay. a, it's no. a pretty good documentary. I think it's on Prime or something. But it's about uh, caddies. Yeah. And so the pro golfers, before they would take their own caddy around the world with them, they would just get a caddy at the golf course where they were playing. Okay, like makes sense. Or wherever. And the caddies knew the course. Sure. Quite well, actually. Yeah. You know, and they're the they're the one. They would go back and try to get the same caddy. And so that makes a lot more sense to me yeah. from a surf spot standpoint. And yeah, kind of like if you go to J-Bay, you're going to hire Sean Holmes or whoever the guy is that knows yeah. what wave you're looking for in the set and like what the swell and the tide is doing that day. Like Those things can go a long way and help. But, yeah. you, I mean, it, you get the guys who have the, the, go, the coaches who go around the world with them. They know their surfers' tendencies and what they, sure. what they do in a time of pressure that isn't good and like to not, you know, like... like cl- 
take Griffin, for example. He works with Tom Whitaker. Right. And Tommy's been around the world a million times, knows all those waves at the back of his hand, and he knows how Griffin competes at the back of his hand now, too, because they've worked together for a while. Yeah. And so he sees he sees boards that Griffin rides, and, he, and he'll maybe see something that Griffin doesn't feel. And, like, when you really break it down, it helps a lot. But sure. sometimes it does seem like it's, I don't know, maybe too much. Yeah. And so, um, and I don't know, you may not know this, but for, if, if you look at it from not, not a guy like Tommy Witz where he's, he's with Griffin year round, but like the local guy, like when Dorian helps somebody at pipe or something like that, yep. um, is that a contract situation or is it a, sh- a handshake and, and like, what is that worth? Like, what do you think those coach guys are getting paid? Um, I mean, I think that I know it. Tommy would get with Griff, but I, I don't think I should say that on nah, here. But, yeah, uh, no, no. But I think it's uh, I I maybe like with a Shane and Italo, that was probably a Billabong thing where yeah. Billabong like yeah. Yeah. you know g- gets Shane dialed with Italo or something. But it's well, it, Shane's it, already on the on, payroll, yeah. Yeah, so who knows how that works? But there's there's good money in it for sure. Like you know those guys that are expert surfers, they have a ton of knowledge. Yeah, and it's it's worth it's worth money. Yeah, that's that's kind of fascinating to me right now because that that's a that's a job that exists that there's no real application for. Well, <laughs> you know, it's like, like they have an MBA in in surfing. You know, they've yeah they, they have yeah. a full bachelor's in professional surfing, the world tour. Like, cause Tommy's done it for so long, and yeah, so that's worth that's worth something. I wonder oh, yeah. I wonder how long it's going to be before there's a 12 year old kid mm-hmm. and his fantasy. Is to grow up and be a surf coach. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's happening. It's, yeah, I, I mean, mean, he wants to be a, a pro surfer first. Maybe, right? but maybe not. Maybe not. Think of, I mean, think of. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of pro level coaches in other sports that weren't necessarily very good yeah. or even played their sport at all. There's like a Phil lot of Jackson, right? Yeah, basketball coaches, yeah. baseball coaches, football coaches. A lot of them are previous I think players. Phil Jackson was a basketball player, believe it or not. Was he? I, I yeah, believe, I yeah. believe he was. Yeah. But there but, are coaches, and especially at the collegiate level, that are yeah. getting paid serious coin. Yeah. And there were not yeah, prolific in their ne- sport there in any way. There will never be a surf coach making serious coin. And I think you agree with me that this is never going to happen. But. Anyway, to your point, I also think that no kid out there is ever going, I hope I can't wait to be a surf coach. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. want to be the guy in the water. Yeah. I want to be the guy never, on the beach. Never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, he parent. wants to surf. Yeah. 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 Well, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> but There's a lot of kids out there wishing they had picked accounting. For <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. No, no, no. All right, well, uh, good stuff. We got to dial in some surf story, a surf story here from Dunphy. What do you got? We do, we do. I I want to go down one more road. um, Is uh, I know in the in the sponsorship world, like energy drinks are probably the key, and then like you said, like the non-endemic stuff. Mm -hmm. Is that stuff that you ever target um, and try to go after, or are you Um, like because at least. As far as I know, right now, your most of your sponsors, if not all, are are pretty core surf brands. They are, yeah. I haven't I haven't targeted the non endemic like sponsorship stuff as much as maybe I could. Um, but I am a part owner of Go Juice with, uh, right here oh, in town. Nice, I didn't know that. Shout out to uh, Dylan and Nick, oh, absolutely business partners. Awesome. So that's been like a non endemic uh, adventure that we've been on together. Yeah. So that's been 
been fun to like have a little business mind outside of the surf thing. That's epic. So, um, franchises available, I bet. Yeah, franchises, uh, <laughs> gojuice.com. Now, is that, <laughs> did you guys create that or was Gojuice a, a company that you brought a franchise from or you guys started that? Nick, our founder, Nick, started it here in town in 2018. Okay. And he was moving up north to New York for a girlfriend and he wanted to have some partners to kind of hold it down here and help him out. Okay. So we, Dylan Smith and I bought into, uh, to that location here in New Smyrna on Flagler. Uh huh. And then, um, so we're all three partners now. We've been franchising out, uh, all over the East coast really. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just trying to grow it and blow it up. Awesome. How many locations you got now? We have seven. Fantastic. Yeah. So it's been a fun journey. So the, like the one up in the Daytona Beach Shores, that's a franchise. Yep. Okay. Yep. Daytona, oh, awesome. Ormond, uh, Amelia Island, DeBerry. We have one in Virginia Beach now. Nice. No way. That's great. Yeah. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And promotes healthy diet and living. It's, yeah. yeah we it's got good stuff. Juices, bowls. Anytime yeah. you surf the inlet, stop by. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I had a, I had a, um, an acai bowl up in the one in the shores the other day. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It's good Thanks stuff. for supporting. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, man. <laughs> So now, but yes, let's dive into some surf stories. And I okay. know you got some doozies. Yeah. Um, what was your, we usually try to prompt you with some like, you know, did you fall in love on a surf trip? Did you, mm-hmm. uh, what was your first surf trip or, you know, what really uh, took it over the edge as far as high performance surfing goes or, you know, so any of those feel free to jump off of. Okay. Um, I mean, do you want like a, my most probably my best story of traveling. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay. So I, I was in Indo. I'll try to make this somewhat short. It's actually, it's not that long. I was in Indo for a month, just vagabonding around going outer islands, mental wise, wherever. And I, um, I had, I left all my shit. Give us a timeline. This was, uh, in 2019. Oh, so this was before COVID. Before COVID. COVID. Okay. Summer before. So I was just, um, I went, I didn't have any events for a few months. So I just like, fuck it. I'm going to go to Indo. I bought a one-way ticket, had nice. a bunch of boards, and just was going to go get lost in the jungle and get a bunch of waves. So I did that, and I left all my shit in Bali, and then I went to the Mentawise, and I got a last-second call that I was uh, in an event in South Africa. So I just f- I flew to South Africa from, like, I went to Padang and, like, Jakarta. Didn't even go back to Bali and get all my shit. So I had to, like, go to Padang and, like, buy a jacket and, like, <laughs> shoes to go travel yeah. to South Africa. Anyways... Went to South Africa for a week, came back, flew into Bali to get all my shit again and like maybe hang for another week before I went home. And I get into Bali. It's like late at night, maybe 11 p.m. And I'm tra- traveling solo, not thinking much of it. You know, I I, I probably look like a fucking kind of worn out and <laughs> hairs yeah. going everywhere, whatever. This is in Jakarta? This is, in, this is in Denpasar. In Denpasar, okay. Flying back in from... I, cause I was in Indo for a month, South Africa for a week, came back. So it was kind of a sketchy looking route. Maybe if you're like sure. looking up my passport history. Sure. And so I get into Bali and, um, Yvonne Tanjing, he's like a uh, Rizal's brother. He's yeah. a, he's a filmer. Yeah. Um, I was hanging with him and he was waiting out front for me to get picked up. And so I'm like, yeah, I just gotta go through customs and, and I'll be right out. Not thinking anything of it, you know? Yeah. Like, and so I get through customs and they go, they, um, they take my stuff like I have something to declare and I'm like, okay, yeah, look through it. I don't, I didn't have much because I just had the backpack and like some shitty board bag. And then, um, they're like ripping through my backpack pretty hard at this point. And like, everyone's kind of getting out of the airport at this point. Like it's, you know, getting late. There's, yeah. and I'm solo. Like this is 
you know, whatever. <laughs> Texting Yvonne, like, kind of getting held up here, but I'll be right out. And next thing you know, they're like, all right, um, we got to take you into the back. And I'm, like, starting to spin a little bit now. I'm like, um, all right, um, okay, we're going into the back. And remind you, Bali and Indonesia is, like, very strict on Oh yeah. Oh yeah. any sort of drugs or any of that stuff. But I don't... Zero tolerance, right? Yeah, zero tolerance. I don't have any drugs. I don't, you know, whatever, do any drugs. So I'm not, like, tripping on it. Yeah. But then, you know, I'm starting to spin. So they take me into, like, the... We're going around corners, and I get into, like, this... 12 by 12 room and I'm like contained in this room and there's three um, like little Bali custom officers in me and they like close the door and we're in this room together. I'm like, holy shit. Like (laughs) this is kind of about like what's going on here. I'm starting to spin. And then they go, "Um, we think you have, we found drug residue on your back. And I'm like, what? I don't, like, no. no, you didn't. <laughs> no. And they each, three of them were kind of like telling me from different angles. Like they were kind of trying to like yeah. brainwash me a little bit. Yeah. And I just kept saying, no, like I don't have any drugs. Yeah. Nope. And he's like, no, we found drug residue. Like you coming from South Africa, what did you bring? And I'm like, I just got surf stuff. I was here for an, uh, there for an event. Like I don't have anything. And so I'm tripping at this point. Yeah. Like, they're, I'm contained in the back of the indo airport and like i feel helpless because he well, they made me leave my phone out in oh she didn't too. even have your phone they right. have my phone and it's just me and them oh man locked in this room and so they're like okay strip down so they made me get completely <laughs> naked and then they made me spread my cheeks <laughs> what and i'm spreading my cheeks to these three balinese guys <laughs> telling me that i have drugs and they want to check my asshole <laughs> For drugs. Oh my God. Right. Wow. And I'm pissed at this point. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I don't have any fucking drugs. Like, fuming, you know, like sweating and like. Yeah. Uh, like, ready to like fight myself out of the room. Yeah. I hear you. You're yeah. going to Jason Bourne that shit. Or you're going to drop a deuce to prove you don't have any. <laughs> I would have done anything. So I'm locked in this room with these three dudes and I'm naked, spreading my asshole to them. Wow. And I'm just like, are they like flashlight looking in your asshole? They didn't flashlight, but they're like, you know, like leaning over, like looking in my (laughs) asshole. I just flew across like it probably wasn't a pretty sight, (laughs) but there wasn't drugs in there. And so I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, yeah. And I'm thinking in my head that they like planted stuff in my bag and they're trying yeah. to frame me that That's I had well, yeah, now, at this point sure. you're running through all the scenarios oh, in your I'm, head and and I'm from surfing I mean how many horror stories have we all heard yeah about you know Indo? there's the people that get locked up for life over there for drugs yeah. for weed or whatever and yeah who knows maybe something was like some friend had something that put in my bag or all of that yeah, yeah. yeah then, I'm then thinking, you start to wonder at the event did somebody yeah, like yeah. who knows even when you get your bag off the plane like sure someone had a big bag of weed and they just put it in your bag because they were scared who knows yeah, yeah. You know? And so I'm just tripping. Like, <laughs> no phone. Like, the airport's closing, and I'm, in, like, back there with these people. And I'm just, like, I I just was tripping out. I thought I was going to be contained or whatever. Yeah. And, and you can't even lawyer up over there. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing. Yeah. So next thing you know, they, they leave me in the room. They go out to, like, discuss... Um, who knows like what was what they were going to do or and so I'm sitting in the room I had put my pants back on when they left yeah and I'm just like 
I really, just, you didn't want to stay naked? <laughs> I, yeah, I wasn't going to hang out. Just, yeah. Um, and yeah, I was thought I was going down. I thought I was going to be locked up in Indo jail or oh, whatever. Wow. And so then, um, you know, it took about 15 minutes. They come back into the room. And I'm thinking they're going to come back in with like drugs that they say they found in my bag or something. You know, I'm just thinking yeah. they're, they're framing me. Yeah. Like, and I just kept f- saying like, no, I don't have any fucking drugs. Like, no, 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 no. Like not, you know, submitting to them. Yeah. And then finally they like debate it in Indo and whatnot. And then they like hand me my passport and they oh. walk me back out of the customs. Holy shit. And then I was like literally in tears walking out to Yvonne like, fuck this place. I'm going home. Like <laughs> never again. He was like in tears. Like he thought I was. He was like tripping because I never came out. You know, this is yeah. like an hour later. Yeah, and I I got word later on, like a few days later, because he told the story to his friends that there's like this sketchy group of dudes that were working at the airport that are trying to like fuck with people and like like shake them down, shake them down. And, but they never asked me for cash or anything like yeah, that. Like I was ready to, you know, I would have done anything at that point just to yeah get off. It was just a really uncomfortable situation. <laughs> <laughs> but, I thought I had a bad when I brought in three boards. Instead of two, I think, I, I think I, yeah, there was a board limit in yeah. 2003. Yeah, they, they would like charge you more after two if, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. It might yeah. have been four boards. Or, I can't remember, but I had to pay like 80 bucks <laughs> just to get my ex, my extra board in. I don't know. Yeah. Jeez. And yeah. like, so the time when they're, when they're got you in the room, they're interrogating you all that, they're speaking English? The they were speaking Indo together, and then like one guy or a couple, they could like it was like broken English. Yeah, it wasn't like a an airport official, official looking guy. Like you know, it yeah, was, it was. Oh, that's trippy. For the yeah. record, I probably would have showed my butthole to avoid paying the eighty dollars. That's actually <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he had a choice. No, <laughs> yeah, they were going up in there. Wow, did like rubber glove? No, 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 like no, no, insert, no, no insertion. Sorry, there was no insertion. They weren't going up in there, but. <laughs> They were with their eyes going up in there. Which is maybe worse. Yeah. You're like, get a medical doctor in here to ch- ch- do a cavity search and let's get this over with. Oh, my God. I never felt so, like, um, violated. Violated. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was. Yeah. It's like the crying game. Yeah. I was pissed off. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Jeez. Meanwhile, yeah. John's over here with a big smile on his face. Like, He's, like, been only, to Indo 10 only times. Cause I've been, only because I've been through. Mildly similar circumstances. <laughs> Never had to show my asshole to anybody. Thank okay, goodness. Knock yeah. wood. But I'm I'm gonna try to go back this year. So who knows? Maybe this is the time. Yeah. Just <laughs> don't take drugs and say no. <laughs> yeah. No. It's it's crazy. Like I have a lot of um. I I'll just say it. I have a lot of envy and respect for guys that are willing to traffic drugs internationally. Mm. Like, and I don't say respect in that. Like that's what I aspire to do or no, but no, I no. just have a lot of respect I, for the bravado that it would take stupidity. Let's put, rephrase uh, yes, it. Yes. Yeah. The, I, I mean, mean, Terry in, in Indo. Oh our, my God. Like who was yeah, on just, a TV show. What, what TV show was that? Oh, I forget. They interviewed but, him. So one of the guys who was a guide at the, at the, at Candy Villas, Terry's maybe still there. I don't know. Um, no, he's down. He's down by telescopes now. Is he? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he, he mulled mm, some yeah. uh, stuff from, India to Japan and mm. spent some time in jail. Was it Indo, Indo or Japan, right? It was Japan. I think it was Japan where he did yeah. some jail time. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. Like, I mean, and you can relate, like you're, you probably were so nervous mm. and you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that you didn't have anything. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah. And yet, like, I can't imagine how nerve wracking it would be to just come strolling through and like, yeah, I, I got you know ten bags of cocaine in my stomach <laughs> uh, that I swallowed. Like, how bad I'd be sweating. <laughs> <laughs> I already sweat a lot. Kevin gets nervous that the microphone has feedback. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a crazy game. Any other board? Do you have border an, stories? Any it's bad insane. Board? Well, what's funny now is that being at the fire department at the airport here in yeah. Orlando, like some of the guys that have been there a long time, like they've told me stories about mules that they end up having to call 911 Ooh. and we have to respond because the, like they had a, they had one guy that, uh, one of the baggies ruptured in his stomach. Wow. And he was dying. What do you have? Like cocaine? Cocaine. Yeah. So he swallowed it. He swallowed like 20 something balloons of cocaine and one of them ruptured. And so he started going into cardiac arrest. And so is his idea on that swallow it and he'll shit it out yeah. and it won't, he'll be fine. Yeah. But it's like now they go through the scanner, you know, yeah. that shows everything. And so, yeah, yeah. you're screwed. It's just it's crazy not a great option. Anymore. Yeah, it's not, it's not a good option anymore. Never, at all. never was, a <laughs> never was a good option. Yeah. I mean, back in the seventies and eighties, there's some really fun, reads um mm. tie stick is a good one about back in the 70s and 80s when they were trafficking you know it's mostly marijuana and yeah. hash oil and stuff back then but yeah alan weisbecker um i heard about that one yeah 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 he has some crazy ones but yeah it's uh are, are you guys ever read shantaram no it's nah. a good long heavy duty book i haven't read it but they just made it into a tv show and it's on apple tv plus mm-hmm. and uh you know it it doesn't have a lot of the the drug crossing or, you know, mule kind of stuff in it. But it's, it's a book that Terry and Jordan told yep. us about. Yep. And, uh, the TV show is pretty good. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. My, my wife and I like it. Like we're, we're kind of into it. We're getting down to the last, I think maybe even the last episode of the season nice. is, is waiting for me. But when one of the greatest surf movies never seen, uh, Oh, sea of darkness, sea of darkness. Have you seen that? I haven't. Oh, oh it's so good. Yeah. So I got good. a, I got a copy for we, you. Yeah. So. It's, it's like, uh, Mike Boyum and all the guys that f- discovered G Land, uh, and like Mike, I think Mike's still in an Indo prison. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh no, Mike died. Or that's right, Mike died. Uh, in fact, the other dude who you would have been in prison also died, I think too. Yeah. But like, I mean, between Bob McKnight and Martin Daly, I mean, the the, the threads. Yeah, it, it go in lots of different it directions. Basically, got bought up and and locked uh, away so that. Nobody could ever see it because oh, it's wow. super incriminating. Martin some, Daly owns the rights to it. Yeah, is it for some from really seventies? It's eighties. Eighties. Yeah, early eighties. I think Ablo. It's it might have been it might have been finished in the early in the late aughts, like two thousand seven, two thousand eight is when yeah the, but the movie time, was the finished. Time period that they're the talking time period about. is seventies for sure. Seventies, yeah. and, and he goes to the Indo prison and interviews Boyum in the prison. Oh, really? Like, it's so good. You're going to love it. It's really? so good. Yeah. So he got caught and he got locked up for life? Yeah. I don't think Boyan was interviewed. I think the other dude is. I think you're thinking of the the guy who... Yeah, oh, was the anyway. other, oh I maybe Boyan I am thinking died of the other guy. Quite yeah. a bit earlier. Mm. It's so good, Dunphy. You're going to yeah. love it, man. It, it, it's, it's all, it's all the Quicksilver guys. Gra- grab a oh, beer, wow. a beer and a pizza. <laughs> and, Hackman yeah. and yeah. Jerry Lopez and all those guys, you know, that were... Found G-Land. Yeah, I've heard some yeah. stories, but that'd be cool to watch. Well, yeah. th- I think Daly shelved it because mm-hmm. he's got assets that can't get compromised. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, they'll take three boats from him at the drop of a hat if yeah. they find anything might have happened on him. Yeah. And that thing was a basic document to, yeah, uh, yeah so. 
That guy's seen some waves in his day. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. No yeah. Doubt. He's probably forgotten more waves than we've seen. <laughs> we'll get him on the podcast here shortly. He's he's pretty responsive on email, so. Yeah, it'd be good stuff. How about uh, any any love on uh, trips? You ever, ever meet a girl and just be like, oh, I'm just going to stay here. <laughs> Why, John? It sounds like you might have done that, that before. Because, yeah, that's happened to me. I went to the Canary Islands. Oh, yeah? And it was supposed to be a few weeks. It was kind of an open-ended thing. It was, you know, a few weeks turned into months. And, and yeah. and Months? Yeah. I met, met uh, a girl there. And, um, yeah. Could have <laughs> easily pictured myself just still living in Lanzarote. You're like, uh, it's uh, and yeah. Great waves. and Mel Gibson and Mutiny on the Bounty. You're not leaving? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so any anything like that? I never stayed months anywhere for no. <laughs> strike. It's the strike for a reason, John. Yeah, no, yeah. But uh, there's been some some good times on the road for Australia and well, yeah. Are you holding down a better half right now? I am. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. Nice, nice. That's great. Yep. How long um, have you guys been together? Uh, we've been together for like over two years, but we dated. Like eight years ago, too. We've known each other for a while. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Is she from here? She's from, from Mormon. Oh, from Mormon. Okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, so she's uh, she holds it down. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Her name is Mandy. Shout out to Mandy. Awesome. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. That's phenomenal. All yeah. right. Good deal. All right. We'll keep those stories to a minimum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll keep that one down. Though. Does she film? Does she ever film you? Oh, man. That's a tough one. I, I know, I, right? I nudge it sometimes. <laughs> Nah, that's she, a very delicate question you have to yeah. ask. Uh, that's early dating material, right? Yeah, there. yeah. Like they, I had her on the tools a little bit a couple years ago, but no, she hasn't been filming. Yeah, that's not easy work, there. That's not Surf, no. filming. Surfing's tough too. It is. Yeah, it's not easy. Yeah, not at all. And uh, John makes me do it everywhere we go. <laughs> <laughs> you working with uh, Prescott a little bit now? Yeah, we filmed a little bit. He's got his. Uh, What's he calling it? Prime Movers Productions thing yep. going. So he's been filming, filming a bit. And uh, yeah. Jason's awesome. I, I funny because I remember when I was but back before I was a firefighter, I was working as a rep. Oh, yeah. And I rep for a few brands and uh, and I got them sponsored by a couple like little small brands like Ezekiel and uh, yeah. Creatures of Leisure and stuff like that. And yeah. He was such a cool little kid. And he's then a frother. He, he disappeared to Australia forever, and I then know. he just turned back up, what, a year ago now or something? And Yeah, I think he was living over there for like 12 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was doing like serious like uh, environmental, um, like biological consulting type stuff. I'm not yeah. sure exactly what he did, but. He worked in the mines too in West Oz. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was funding his Indo trips. Yeah, yeah, I would see he'd be like in Oz for a while, and then he'd be in Bali for a month yeah. or something like that's that. That's how they do it over there. They're so close to Indo. It's yeah. not fair. Yeah. But, yeah, it's good, and uh, it's cool to see him back in town and stoked to see him working with you. Yeah, he's a legend. Yep. That's awesome. And uh, what's uh, what's next on the horizon? Um, I don't have too much plans at the moment. I'm, I'm probably going to try and sneak down maybe towards the Bocas here in the next month or so. And, um, yeah, just, uh, try to figure out, I don't know, try and get some good waves here this winter while we got some, you know, it seems like this is going to be an active season for us back here. Seems Caribbean like style. it. Yeah. Maybe go back to Hawaii for a little bit and yeah, see, kind of keep it going. Right on. Now as a, as a quick guy and you've been with them for a little while, like, can you just like roll into the quick house there at the you, North shore, like unannounced or you kind of got to plan it out or. 
Yeah, I can kind of kind of show up. Um, Reef runs the house, Macintosh. Yep. And so kind of just like drop a text to him, let him know when I'm coming. He, I've known him for a while now, so we're good friends. So Nice. Yeah, it's it's a great setup. They have a spot right there on the beach at uh, Pupakea, like between Pipe and Rockies. Yep. So it's a, uh, you know, you can't beat it. No. Yeah, no, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. So Unreal. Yeah, I mean, that's me. probably what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then from a competitive standpoint, like, do you have, do they give you, does the WSL give you like a, a schedule like well in advance where you can kind of plan out your year or you, is it more last minute? They will. Yeah. The, the schedule will come out in the next few weeks. Okay. Um, yeah. I haven't, I haven't really dug into that stuff yet. I'm still kind of like, you know, wrapping my head around this past year a little bit and sure. kind of mending the body it's a little bit banged up. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. The, last year we started in Australia in May. So I'm assuming that would kind of be the similar okay. schedule. But, um, yeah. And, again, you'll have to go back to the regional level? Yeah, so I would have to go back to the regional level, and and they take the top eight from North America to go on to the Challenger. So okay. they've already done some regional events. Like, they've done three or four already. There's, like, th- maybe three left. Okay. And I think I'm in second. On Sick. From the ones they've done. So... It's there if if I wanted. I think I yeah, could, I could get back on there. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Man. Yeah. We're always rooting for you, man. Thanks, man. Every time I see the name, <laughs> I got you on all my alerts. Oh, thank uh, you. Yeah, you can follow Dunphy on the WSL app. For oh, can sure. you do that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, That's I get sweet. hit up whenever you're surfing. <laughs> you're yeah. famous, man. Nah, I don't yeah, know. About super that. famous. <laughs> People asking you for your autograph when you go to these contests. Um. Once in a blue moon. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love this. The grobs oh, are the awesome. best, I bet. Yeah, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Good deal. Well, uh, here's to more uh, success along yeah. the way in yeah, your thanks. career, man. And thanks for coming on and sharing some time with us. Thanks for having me. And uh, congrats to you guys. You got 10 years coming up, right? Yeah. 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 yeah so. Next year will be 10 years. Hey, why don't you take some of your downtime and make a movie? Yeah. And we'll show <laughs> it at the festival. That would be a great plan. We could yeah. sneak down and do a little Caribbean mission and there you go. put together oh, a clip. Oh, yeah. That would be some Red Dog, some or not Red Dog, but uh, Red Frog footage would be nice. That'd be a fun one, yeah. If yeah. you score. I got to think that you and, and and Evan and Eric can, could probably make something really funny. Good luck getting those guys on a plane. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Got to get Evan off the course, for one. Make sure there's a golf course nearby, right? And then uh, Has the golf bug not, not bit you? It has not bit me whatsoever. Okay. Fair okay. enough. <laughs> it has uh, bitten Evan. It'll get you. He's bitten. Yeah, he's bit. It yeah. Does. Yeah. yeah. He's a, sure. he, I hear he's a good golfer, though, right? He's a great golfer. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Yeah, so... Uh, no, congrats to you guys. You guys have been killing it for 10 years now almost. Thanks, man. Up Thank here. you. And it's, if anyone has never been up to one of the festivals, they need to come check it out because it's really well done. And it's pretty cool how much it brings together the local community. And, like, people, you, you know, you hear people at the end, like, you going to the festival this weekend? So it's it's a rad thing you guys have done. Awesome. That's a great compliment. Thank you, man. I'll take it. Thank you. I win. We win. Yes. This is coming from Dunphy. So thank you. Yeah, you guys have crushed it. That's really nice to hear. Well, All right. The next one, we'll set up an autograph booth for you. <laughs> nah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> thanks a lot, Awesome. Dante. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Donnie. We appreciate it, man. No worries. See you guys. All See right. ya. 
You know what my takeaway is, Kevin? Is that I have been to Indonesia multiple times, and fortunately, no one's ever had to look at my asshole for anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I didn't realize how lucky I was. I was going to say, I tried, uh, but it, you wouldn't let me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh it was oh uh, that's classic like yeah. just classic and what's funny is that of all the people cruising through indonesia with surfboards donny is probably the most clean cut i know like respectable looking guy of all of them like he looks he's like the he last guy of... that would be doing something like that exactly he, lo- he looks he looks like he walked out of a youth group meeting and a hundred percent like hundred percent he has like a clean brand new backpack on and uh, he's there to yeah. serve like whatever purpose humanity's asked him to do and the Super last thing, handsome I mean maybe that's how drug mules look I don't think so it's not <laughs> I don't think so he does he doesn't I've look like a, Terry I've encountered a couple of drug mules at the airport they don't look like that <laughs> and he doesn't look like Terry our good friend. <laughs> over on the island (laughs) we've we've seen on tv tell his story about drug mewing absolutely that's a good one for a podcast i would say yeah yeah well i'm i'm uh i'm gonna be getting over there later on in the summer september-ish i'll send the beautiful little roadcaster pro podcast machine with you to indonesia and you can have some fun with it yeah absolutely yeah hopefully i can get him and uh Maybe Jordan on there. Jordan won't do it. He's like he won't. Yeah, he, he won't do it. You know how he is. Absolutely, but He's man, a what a what an enjoyable talk with Mike. And uh, like we said, super stoked for him. Just wish him nothing but the best as he uh, as he goes out, travels the world this year, and in, in an effort to make the CT. And um, man, I got a feeling this is going to be the year it happens. I hope so, and I, I think the it doesn't really matter. It's like all about the journey. I hate to say it, but like, great, great. If you make it to the CT, great, good for you. But I'm just really proud of like the guys that give it a shot. And, um, but Dunphy seems like one that's going to make it. And there's no reason why if he, if he, if he does make it, he's going to do well. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like there's one of those, there's a few guys out there that are going to make it and then they're just going to, They've used all of their talents that they have up on the on the queue, and uh, I don't see him doing that well in the CT. Dunphy's not that guy. He's one of those guys where I see just crushing it. Yeah, he's just got a fire. You could see it in his eyes when you talk to him. Yeah. Like you just feel it. Like the the guy's psyched. He is psyched to crush you in a heat. I know. Yeah. Well, it just take epic. on huge shit too. <laughs> yeah. Huge waves. I could see it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So All right, super well. stoked to have Mike in here and uh, give us some funny stories and give us the lowdown. And um, yeah, we got uh, next festival coming up February 4th. Yeah. Some great films. We're going to like, by the time you hear this, the press release will likely be out. We have a great movie called Savage Waters about Andrew Cotton and a team of surfers looking for a wave that was mentioned in an old text and uh, you'll find out uh, more about it we'll release a trailer and all kinds of good stuff will be coming down the pipe via email social media and then what else do we got john oh we got a great movie called the impossible wave and uh it's the story about fernando aguirre's 
journey, 27 year journey to get surfing into the Olympics. And it's crazy. I feel like this is kind of an under told story. I mean, it, even when the Olympics happened, it wasn't really getting a lot of press, um, but it's just a great documentary. And Fernando's an absolute character. Um, if you've, I've actually had the good fortune to meet him a couple of times at surf expo back when he owned reef and uh, yeah, just the guy lights up the screen and just a fantastic film. So uh, stoked to have that. And then we got one more. Yeah. Well, yeah, we have two more. We have a real short film called raw, the sound of Chopu, which is just beautiful. And, and the sounds of the jungle are one of the little surprises you get out of that three minute deal. And then we have a, uh, a movie from Pete DeVries. And I want to say, the team at Arcteryx, it's, uh, it's called Creation Theory, and Ben Sturgalewski is the director. He actually uh, has been really gracious getting us a copy of the film, and we loved it. It has a little bit of snowboarding in it, 20 minutes long. It should be a really nice uh, you know, accompaniment to what we're doing in here in the winter of uh, Florida. Yeah, it's a beautiful film. It's got some great visual graphics that are just going to explode on the big screen, so... We are thrilled to have that coming down the pipe. And um, yeah, we'll look forward to seeing everybody there. All right. Thanks, John. And uh, see you guys soon. Cheers.